All right. Thank you guys for joining us on our Conversations podcast. We are glad that you're listening. And today we are going to be continuing our conversations on doctrine. And we're going to be talking about something that is central to Christianity. And that is the resurrection of Jesus. So what did that do? What does it mean? What was the point? And why was it important? Go for it, Jeff. Hey, um, yeah, we are going to talk about that. But I I want to uh, give a shout out to a friend of mine. His name is Alan Newsom. Uh, he has his own podcast and, but, uh, it's not normally theological in nature. <laughs> he, uh, uh, Alan Newsom, uh, I used, okay. For those who don't know, I used to pastor in, uh, Alabama and he, uh, he was an incredible deacon in the church there. Love that guy and, uh, super nice. And, um, Anyway, uh, he, if you ever watched the Andy Griffith show, all right, Andy Griffith show, you know what I'm talking about? Andy Griffith show. Oh, I know the Andy Griffith show. Okay. Yes. All right. Well, they, they're impersonators, you know, there's people who impersonate, you know, uh, uh, Barney, there's people impersonate Andy and there's people who, uh, what's the guy that was always drunk and turning himself in? Otis. Otis. Yeah. Is that his name. Yeah. Otis. That's it. Yeah. yeah. And so, uh, Otis and, uh, well, anyway, Alan, a friend of mine, he is a professional imitator of uh, Floyd the Barber. So he, throughout the year, he's all, now his real job, he's an engineer in, in, okay, in Huntsville, Alabama, okay. But this, his job that he would love to have full time, I think, is he travels around and he does, uh, he impersonates Floyd in these Mayberry kind of things, okay. And so, uh, anyway, they, uh, he has a podcast that he does Mayberry type stuff and, uh, Andy Griffith show type stuff called two chairs, no waiting. Okay. But right now here, and this is why I'm bringing it up right now. He is, uh, he and a few others, they are in a movie that's being made called the Mayberry man. And so, uh, and he's putting these podcasts up and showing some clips behind the scenes and that kind of stuff. So if you are an Andy Griffith fan, okay, and you like that kind of a thing and that's your world, uh, and you want to have some, hear some interesting behind the scenes stuff with the show and stuff, uh, Alan Newsom, uh, you know, two chairs, no waiting podcast, just look it up. You can, uh, you can go there. Anyway, that popped in my head as we were starting. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, you yeah, never know. Cool. So yeah. Sunday, we're going to be doing the Andy Griffith theme while you're trying to preach. So that'll be fun. Yes, exactly. And uh, I think there used to be an Andy Griffith Bible study. It was based on the TV shows. You remember that? Do you remember that? I mean, I remember the Andy Griffith TV shows. I thankfully do not remember that there was yeah. an Andy Griffith okay. Bible study, but okay. Right. Okay. You there was. You, man. Well, here's how this works. Okay. So you might be able to still get this for those. There was a series of Bible studies that were based on old TV shows. And what I mean by that is they would take an episode, like 10 lessons, and they would take an episode that, of like one of the episodes of Andy Griffith and, and you'd watch it. And then it would, it, that became the object lesson for the like moral of the story. It was, it was a very seeker sensitive, seeker friendly kind of a thing so uh, this is the mayberry bible study you can get the dvd leader pack for four episodes oh did you look it up one okay. for 29.99 <laughs> 
They have what looks like four volumes. Yeah, that's it. Okay. $29.99 for the leader pack for each one. Well, just to chase this rabbit further down the hole real quick before we get started on the serious stuff. Um, uh, There's also a Gilligan's Island version of this. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, and um, they they did several shows. Like they did, they took a lot of these retro shows, and because you know back then, usually the shows had a sort of a moral to the story. You know, yes. And, uh, there's uh, no, there's no mash one, so I'm out, man. Oh man, okay, there that was go. my jam right there. So yeah, yeah, that, that would have, yeah, that would have been. A yeah, good. never mind. Too yeah, bad. So, yeah. All right. <laughs> Okay, uh, let's get serious for just a moment here. Let's talk about the uh, uh, nature of the resurrection. Now, again, you know, our conversations, this podcast is, um, you know, we're talking about various doctrines and uh, every doctrine that we talk about is huge. And so really what we've ended up doing is we've just taken some small slices out of some of the doctrine, like we're talking about the doctrine of Christ right now. And one little slice in that, but a very important slice is the resurrection. And then when you get into the slice of the resurrection, then you have these little bite-sized things that we're going to talk about. And so uh, one aspect of the resurrection is the nature of, uh, of the Lord's resurrection. Um, and when you start thinking about the resurrection, there's a few thought, a couple of thoughts uh, I just want to share with you. And uh, first of all, the resurrection of Jesus Christ was a bodily resurrection. It, 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 it was, there was a physical element to this. The Bible does not teach that it was merely Christ's spirit or influence that lived on. Um, again, his was a bodily resurrection. Uh, on the resurrection morning, he was held by the feet. I mean, just when you read the Bible, you just see some evidence of this. And this is Matthew 28. He is held by the feet. One week later, Thomas was able to touch the crucifixion scars of Jesus I mean, on his hands and a wrist or whatever. That's in John chapter 20. In the presence of his disciples, Jesus ate food. So he's in a, a body. Um, he was recognized by those who had known him before his death. I mean, they could physically see uh, him. The bodily resurrection of Jesus Christ is also the guarantee that someday we will experience our own bodily resurrection. So with that said, let me read to you 1 Corinthians 15, beginning in verse 54. Uh, The Bible says, but let me reveal to you a wonderful secret. Now this is Paul talking, but let me reveal to you a wonderful secret. We will not all die, but we all, uh, but we will all be transformed. It will happen in a moment, in the blink of an eye, when the last trumpet is blown. For when the trumpet sounds, those who have died will be raised to live forever. And we who are living will also be transformed. For our, now, here, now listen to this. For our dying bodies must be transformed into bodies that will never die. Our mortal bodies must be transformed into immortal bodies. Then, when our dying bodies have been transformed into bodies that will never die, this scripture will be fulfilled. Death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? So here's the deal. Um, 
in some supernatural, miraculous way that only God can do when uh, Jesus died. I mean, he died like physical death, uh, but when he was resurrected, he was given this transformed body, uh, this unique, supernatural, eternal body, which, as we'll see in a moment, is the kind of body you and I will receive as well in this, what some people call this glorified state uh, whenever he comes back or whenever we die and go to heaven. Um, all right, uh, before I move into some uniqueness about this resurrection um, regarding the nature of it, Chris, you got any questions, comments, anything I need to address? Yeah, you mentioned that, um, you know, it, it was specifically a bodily, physical resurrection. And this was a point of contention, what, I don't know, one or two years ago, um, around Easter, we saw a, I'll use the air quotes here, and most of our listeners won't see this, but the seminary, there was a seminary and a pastor there that um, they, they kind of embraced the idea that, you know, it doesn't really matter if it was a bodily resurrection, it could have been just his spirit living on. And and that's just not true. It's it's very important to our belief system that Jesus did die, uh, and he did bodily resurrect. Um, because man, I mean, if we're talking about, well, I didn't actually die, and then I came back. Well, that's not that exciting. Or, you know, I died, but my spirit lived on. Well, that's not that exciting either. Everybody does that, you know. <laughs> But when we're talking about Jesus, the actual idea of the resurrection um, was the ultimate proof that, A, he was God, and B, he could defeat sin and death. And so it's, it's really important that when we see things like that, we are able to push back and say, no, this is, this is important to me. This is important to my faith. So, Yeah, you know, and the thing is that when he resurrected and started walking around, I mean, the reason why they couldn't find his body because his body was walking around. Okay. <laughs> well, and he appeared, to, he appeared to many people and you know, it, yeah. the Bible names some of them specifically. Yeah. So if you say he didn't have a bodily resurrection, we were going, well, this part of the Bible is actually not true. Or this part of the Bible was a lie. No, I mean, this is, it was a bodily resurrection. Yeah. And we're not and and the Bible, at least to me is very clear that we're not talking about some, ghostly image that looked right. like Jesus' body. I mean, this is not what what we're talking about or yeah, what the he Bible's asked, talking about. I mean, he asked Thomas specifically to touch him and, yeah. you know, feel the nail holes. And that's not a, that's not Casper the Friendly Ghost, man. That's a, um, <laughs> yeah, that's no, a real not. body. Yeah. You know? no. so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. There you go, man. All right. So, okay. Cents. All right. No, there you go. Uh, all right. So another thought on the nature. We're still we're talking about the nature of the resurrection. So part of it is is that he had a bodily resurrection. It was a physical body that he resurrected with. Okay. So a second thought is that the resurrection of Jesus Christ was also a unique resurrection. And um, and let me explain what we mean by this. Uh, so under the uniqueness, Jesus was resurrected by his own power. Now, listen to John chapter 10, verse 17, where it says this. For this reason, the Father loves me. This is Jesus talking. For this reason, the Father loves me, because I lay down my life so that I may take it again. No one has taken, away, no one has taken it away from me, 
but I lay it down on my own initiative. I have authority to lay it down and I have authority to take it up again. This commandment I received from my father. So the point is, is that what makes Jesus resurrection unique and say different from our own resurrection in the future that he's going to do for us is that, uh, it, the Lord had, it was his power that he decided when he was going to die, uh, and how and when he would resurrect. And it was all by his, I mean, he's sovereign, he's control. He's, this is demonstrating his divine power. Even in his death and resurrection, we're seeing that he's in control individually. Um, uh, so it's very unique in that because we can't do that, you know. Uh, even though you did, you do have like Lazarus being resurrected, but Lazarus didn't resurrect himself. It was Jesus who had who had to do that for him. Another uniqueness uh, in the Jesus resurrection. Uh, it's unique because he arose never to die again. Okay. Now this, this is because, you know, like Lazarus and others that Jesus raised from the dead, when they arose from the dead, they were going to get old again. I mean, they're not going to live forever. You know, at some point Lazarus had to die again. And so, you know, I have a question, you know, I have an odd question about Lazarus. So okay. did his family have to pay for funeral experiences Oof. twice? Uh. Yeah, that's rough, man. Do you, you see get what I'm a saying? refund on the funeral? Yeah, because the funeral, you know, there was no, did a guarantee come I mean, with the funeral? You know what I'm saying? He was only dead for a few days, so maybe yeah. it was in the return period? I mean, is that yeah. what you're getting at here? Yeah, I don't know. Is there like that's a... something to ask our local our local funeral home director. I'll text him soon and we'll... You know what? You know, we need what... to do that and say, David, if I die and I resurrect three days later, four we'll days see. later... Can yeah. can my family get a refund on all the I expenses? bet he would say yes. <laughs> See, no, it's not gonna happen. I bet he would. Yeah, yeah okay. I'll check on that for you. Yeah, you follow First up thing, on man. That immediately. Yeah. As soon as I get priority. some time to do that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh again, the point is is that when he rose, he he he, he was not gonna die again, like Lazarus. You know, this was a, again part of the uniqueness and the nature of the Lord's resurrection. Uh, one last thought about the uniqueness uh, of the nature of, of, the Lord's of the Lord's resurrection. I'll get it out. Uh, it was unique because through him, all will someday experience a resurrection. So um, because of his resurrection, we are able to look forward to our own and expect our own resurrection as believers. And so let me uh, read a few verses here and we'll make some comments about it. Uh, so John eleven twenty five 25 says, this is Jesus talking. I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live. Even after dying, everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never, ever die. And he's talking about um, obviously when we're resurrected, when Jesus comes back, um, you know, we, once we're made alive in him, we're not going to, we're not going to repeat this death process. Uh, then you have first Corinthians 15, 20, where Paul says, uh, Christ has been raised from the dead. He is the first of a great harvest of all who have died. 
and uh, Jesus set the standard. He set the pattern, if you will, of what the resurrection for us is going to look like when he resurrected. And then finally, Jesus said in John 5, 28, don't be so surprised. Uh, indeed, the time is coming when all the dead in their graves will hear the voice of God's son and they will rise again. Those who have done good will rise to experience eternal life and those who have continued in evil will rise to experience judgment. So the, the, really the point I want you to hear and see out of that is that um, the time is coming when all the dead in their graves will hear the voice of God's son and they will rise again. And that's because of what Jesus did. So again, through him, all will someday experience a resurrection. But here's the thing. Um, this experience of resurrection, I mean, everybody, according to first, uh, according to John 5, 28, everybody is going to experience a resurrection, but some are going to be resurrected to a happy state and some are going to be resurrected to a not happy state. And so, uh, but all, but anyway, the resurrection uh, guarantees our resurrection. But as believers, we can look look forward to it. So there's a uniqueness here to the nature of uh, Jesus' resurrection. Um, so just in summary on this nature part, uh, it's a bodily resurrection. It's physical, it, uh, and ours will be the same way. Um, it is by his own power. You know, he's in charge. He's divine. It demonstrates who he is. Um, we can't do that like he did. Um, he also arose never to die again. So when we are resurrected like him, we're not going to like get res like Lazarus. We're not going to be resurrected and die again. This is an eternal glorified state that we're talking about. And then uh, through him, all will someday experience a resurrection. There, it's going to happen as he demonstrated. All right. So that are some things about the nature of the resurrection of Jesus. Uh, any comments or questions? Um, yeah, Chris? I think you you barely touched it, and I wanted to to mention one of the coolest. You know, man, Jesus gets called a lot of stuff in the Bible. Um, one of the coolest ones that we kind of gloss over. It's in uh, the first chapter of Revelation, and I think it's in Colossians. I think you might have might have just barely hit it, but. Um, the Bible a few different times calls Jesus the firstborn of the dead, which is a wild term, man. You know, firstborn of the dead. It makes absolutely <laughs> no sense. Um, you look at it and it, it's an oxymoron because nobody's born of the dead. But yeah. in reality, it has, it has a lot of significance with, first of all, the idea of the firstborn son, um, you know, having a, a special birthright. You know, and so Jesus had a special nature, he had a special task, um, and he gets seated at the right hand of God uh, because of his completion of that task being, you know, God's son. But, uh, but the idea of the firstborn implies, you know, if I say, well, my firstborn son is Caleb, well, you know, what's the next question? Well, what's your second son's name? You know, because it implies that there will be more. And so, you know, Jesus is the firstborn of the dead, which gives us a great hope that there will be more uh, born of the dead, but also that Jesus is at the right hand of God as God's firstborn son and the, uh, the beneficiary of God's birthright and of the, uh, the power that he, um, 
the power that he has and the job he had to do. Sorry, I was trying to mute a call there. That was Ben Schnipper calling me. So, you know, <laughs> kill that off real quick. But yeah, I, could, we, I, I couldn't hear anything. Oh, that's okay. Sorry. I didn't know if it would come through or not. But, you know, so the idea of the firstborn of the dead is just such a powerful concept and such a cool, um, you know, like you said, it's a unique thing about the resurrection that the firstborn of the dead, you know, (laughs) oh man, the first time I heard that phrase, though, it was a whole lot of what, you know, I got to Google this. (laughs) Yeah, you know, firstborn of the dead, it sounds like it, it really sounds, if you don't think about it, it sort of sounds like some kind of weird zombie movie, to be honest with you. Heavy metal band. Heavy. Firstborn yeah, of the Dead. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it, yeah it's yeah, a little yeah. bit weird, but it has yeah. a lot of power in that one little statement. And like I said, it, there are uh, a lot of names of God. There's a lot of names for Jesus, but Firstborn of the Dead is one you don't want to sleep on. That's a, uh, <laughs> that's a powerful one when you yeah. come across it. So It is. And you know, the thing is, you're talking about the word first. Um I don't know, way back in, you know, younger days when we were talking about putting together outlines and stuff of that nature. Uh, I think it was, I don't know if it was actually like in a English class or something, but they, anyway, they said, look, it, you can't have point one if there is no point two. Yeah. And under point one, you can't have an A if there is no B. Does that make right. sense? Otherwise, it's its own point. Yeah. 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 So right. you know, you know. So they said, you know, don't don't outline something. They were talking about outlining. He said, don't outline right. it. You know, point one, and then A, and then number two, because A A is A should be point one as well. I mean, it's part of right. the point. You know. Anyway, so in the 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 logic is if you say first, then there's a second, and the second are you and me. That's the point. Yep. So. Uh, all right. Well, so, okay. On the nature, that's all I've got for that today. Uh, next time we are going to be talking about the importance of the resurrection. Uh, we do hope this is helpful to you just to kind of have a small dose of the theology, uh, doctrine, and uh, to cover some things that m- maybe you don't get to cover in Sunday school life group or, or hear your preacher talk about on Sunday morning. And, uh, and this takes you, I don't, I don't know, I want to say deeper, but it takes you further into understanding some things in the Bible. So until next time. Yeah, sounds good. We'll see you guys in two weeks. All right. See you later.